Hi, Gauri here. We've collected the best insights from the first 20 Knowledge Base Ninjas episodes into a clear and concise ebook. Simply send a blank email to ninja at bcast.email. That's ninja at bcast.email and it will be sent right back to you. Thank you. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gauri Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day everyone. Our guest today is Rick Teplitz, documentation and project manager at Imperwab. Imperwa is an analyst recognized cybersecurity leader championing the fight to secure data and applications wherever they reside. Welcome Rick to Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you very much Gauri. I am doing fabulous. Great, great. So I know the sun is shining outside, so it's a lovely day today. Yes. Over here today, yes, we were outside. We opened all the windows in the house. It almost feels like summer. <laughs> Great. So Rick, I know I might have spoken only very few uh points about your profile about yourself. So please uh to get everything into context, can just explain a bit more about yourself. How 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 are you with uh, Imperva and uh yeah, just uh, if you would like to explain a little bit about Imperva that would be great. All right. Uh well, Imperva as you mentioned is a cybersecurity company. We are an industry leader. We have a large client base, fortune uh, large client base, fortune uh 500 companies, banks, financial institutions. I have been there going on 13 years. I started there as a staff technical writer. Uh from there I moved and I was uh I was what we referred to as a knowledge engineer, which is a role out of support. We would prepare a training for new features for for support personnel to use. Uh, for troubleshooting and supporting the product and we also prepared uh training for new hires and setup support to bring them up to speed and then after that I moved over back to the documentation team I was asked to come and lead it so for the past six and a half years I've been uh managing the technical writers and uh documentation delivery at Imperva for all of our public releases fantastic so how did you originally get into documentation right Uh well years ago uh this is dating me it must be about 25 years ago uh I had a friend uh who uh I live in Israel I'm an expat and I have a friend who is from South Africa and I really had no uh no path or no idea what to go on and he had mentioned that you know there's a big demand for technical writers in this country there's a lot of software companies and that kind of planted the seeds so uh I didn't go into technical writing immediately at that time I did start to do courses like uh I would be, I did A plus computer certification for technicians and mm-hmm. and uh I studied at Columbia College in Chicago in uh, web building and multimedia like building websites and and then slowly over the years I that's kind of how I also managed to uh fill up my my knowledge of of technologies through different courses I've done CCNA I'm certified CCNA I uh, did a course in certified certified ethical hacking uh so uh and that kind of together with my jobs evolved over me over with me over the past 20 years fantastic so ethical hacking that's nice to know <laughs> yeah it's fascinating and fun <laughs> yeah 
So, uh, so I'm sure in terms of process and uh, uh, what should be go- going into a documentation, you might have learned a lot during this last uh, 25 years um, of period. So what's, according to you, what's your documentation process and who do you normally get involved in it? All right. Uh, there's so many levels here. I'm, uh, there's uh, sp- specifically focusing on, on preparing features, like we have our processes on how we prepare for documentation. Uh, we, uh, we managed to build ourselves into the, the mechanism of the company. Uh, we now manage in the company, we manage all new features with Epics inside of Jira. And so when, for example, we have a release uh, for our on-premise version, we have on-premise and, and SaaS-based software. So for our on-premise versions, for example, uh, we get a list of all the features or all the Jira issues that are gonna be involved in a release, break it up between the team, the different technical writers, each has their own specialty, although we don't only uh, limit them to those specialties. The features are assigned. Uh, the technical writers uh, start to research, start co- contacting the SME, SMEs, the developers, the product manager, the architects as needed, uh, get the information, get the briefs, uh, prepare an initial draft, and then start to send it out for review. Now, that's all. Uh, that's a simple use case, right? I mean, a, a single feature or even a new product. You know, new products would obviously be a lot more work than that. But for a single feature for an existing product, that's that's our process for the on-prem. Fantastic. So when considering the processes, what do you consider as an important factor uh, when creating documentation for your SaaS business or for any, any organizations uh, to name? Uh, the most important thing, I think, uh, overall, period, would be, I think it's a little bit of, it's probably EQ. I mean, it's really, uh, obviously, you know, people need to have the technical knowledge. They need to know how to structure information. We're writers. Uh, we, know, we need to know, know how to interview people and get information out. But, but that relationship is really key. We see in our day-to-day work that we can build a relationship with the organization uh, show that we're not there to cause overhead. We're there to, you know, collaborate and help them get done what they need to get done. Uh, and uh, and that way, you know, and we drive the process from from the documentation point of view. Developers they have uh, their own worries and their own, you know, work overhead. So we, you know, we we try to understand where we can best fit in and cause the least overhead and provide the best the most value. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Um, so, um, in your customer service or success strategy, how important is documentation for you? Well, it's actually interesting that we have this. We're having this discussion now because we are in the, the midst of a significant transition uh, that that I'm pretty much initiated and I'm driving. We uh, w- about a year ago we finished setting up our public documentation portal, which can be seen at docs.imperva.com, uh, where we host all of our public user guides. Uh, Imperva is also uh, a company of four. We started out as one company. Uh, we had a spinoff called Encapsula, and then we had a, a few purchases along the way. Uh, so about a year, a year and a quarter ago, we came to this point where we need uh, to um, to merge all these, you know, all these companies. Everybody has their own knowledge base, their own documentation, their own look and feel. Uh, the company had launched a, a project to uh, upgrade, update the brand, so it was perfectly timed with this project. We set up a public front end. We took a vendor uh, by the name of Zoomin, and we uh, transitioned our documentation public facing to that platform. Uh, right now, we've started uh, what, what I refer to as phase two is the project. So in addition to all the user guides and, and public documentation, each, uh, each uh, company had its own support and its own knowledge base, right? And, and we mostly see a lot of times, you know, we have the documentation and then we have the support knowledge base. Documentation is one team and the knowledge base is usually uh, written and maintained by support, at least in our organization. 
Uh, so uh, we want to, uh, we're in the midst of a project to basically review all the content in all four of these different knowledge bases, uh, you know, archive those that are no longer valid, uh, bring up to date all the remains, and then we're going to migrate everything, uh, all of those knowledge base articles into our documentation platform. So uh, the documentation and the knowledge base will all be hosted in, in, in a single repository, which is easy to search. Users will be able to find all information. Uh, and so uh, to get back to your original question, you know, what's our role in, you know, our integration with support, I guess, as I mentioned, when I was in, uh, in as when I was, I was in support is what we refer to as a knowledge engineer. So I've always kind of had that, that uh, foot in the door with knowledge. I've had those relationships with the people uh, in the support organization. And, and it's really, again, it's just, relationships and collaboration is the key to getting all these things done. And it's, and I think it's an exciting project what we're doing right now. So very nice, very, very busy. So thank you for coming to this uh, podcast and sharing your experience in spite of all those uh, busy schedules you have. (laughs) No, my pleasure. (laughs) Fantastic. So, uh, so in terms of uh, workload, have you noticed any reduction in your workload since introducing such quality documentation? And uh, well, actually, as part of, uh, yes, we, uh, we have different means of measurement and we're still formulating them. Uh, the documentation portal now uh, has become a, uh, a public asset. I think you were actually, it's one of the things you had mentioned when we discussed before. Um, but uh, it's, we're, we're now getting 25,000 unique visitors a month on the documentation portal. 15,000 of them are return visitors. More than 50% of uh, those visits come from Google or come from the public search engines. That means that users find us via search publicly and, and don't necessarily come directly to the portal. Um, and so um, we can leverage that and we can measure it. And what we've seen uh, separately is that our support personnel have, uh, when they open a ticket, there's a field uh, that they check uh, to, uh, to note if a case could have been avoided if, proper, if there was proper documentation. Uh, so we've been tracking that since we launched the portal. And while uh, in the beginning, we were seeing about 80 cases like that a month, uh, we are now down to approximately 40 cases a month. So uh, just by making uh, our documentation public, centralizing it, and you know having it in an organized way where users can search and find information, uh, seems to have had a quite significant positive effect uh, on helping reduce support cases and understanding our role in the greater organization from that point of view. Very nice. So it's interesting to know how you have uh, implemented your ticketing system to uh, assist with the um, workload reduction and documentation too. That's nice. So, um, so, so how do you measure the quality of your documentation then if this is how you're tracking the workload reduction? Well, there's different ways. I mean, we uh, most of our bugs come from the field, like through support or you know through uh, sales engineers or, or things of that nature. I mean, one of the biggest consumers, I think, of any documentation, particularly for technical companies that are technical, uh, are the internal technical and sales people, right? So we get a lot of bugs internally and from customers. For every bug that we receive, uh, we again we open it up in Jira. Uh, we can track it. We can report on it. We can see the trends. We know how many bugs approximately were we're getting. Uh, this, uh, the process isn't identical for SAS and on-prem. That's still something that we're working on. The on-prem is much more defined. The SAS, we open the bugs, uh, but uh, you know, there's just a different dynamic, uh, how many people are on the team, how much we can handle. Um, but these are all uh, part of the KPIs that we're trying to build uh, so that we will be able to become more data-driven 
uh, and understanding, you know, uh, how we're impacting customers, uh, how, what, you know, what's the quality of our documentation. And, and even more so, we now have the ability to, uh, we're, we're, we're partnering with marketing in my, in my company, and they have uh, a technology called Optimizely, uh, which enables us to easily pop open or pop up a form uh, and ask questions on the fly for customers visiting the documentation portal. So in the future, we can leverage that just for a very short survey uh, to get, uh, you know, uh, some basic input from customers and see how their experiences is finding information. Very nice. You didn't mention that you made your documentation public and uh, that, that is kind of one, one way of uh, uh, that kind of helped you reduce the ticket number of tickets that your customer support gets. So are you currently generating any organic search traffic from your knowledge base then? Uh, well, how would you define organic search traffic? As I mentioned, we 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 uh, we are. I mean, we're getting we're getting twenty five thousand unique visitors a month. Uh, so, and that's via the search, via the public Google, no, like the, via the public search engines. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's significant, and that's actually one of our objectives. We're trying to understand how to best leverage that traffic. Uh, it's, it's, you know, we can, uh, we've, like I said, we've partnered with marketing, which has been a fabulous partnership for us. And I think for the organization mm-hmm. and over the past few months, we've, uh, we've worked on building a CTI, a call to action, uh, which, uh, is adding a single button to all of our content pages on the documentation. It's very simple. It says see demo, uh, users, uh, can click that button if they want. And then there's a form. And if they fill out that form, uh, they capture the lead and the information and that can potentially be pushed down the funnel and, and maybe in the end even lead to a sale. So uh, the documentation portal uh, and its traffic, the organic traffic that it's generating is pulling in people to see this content. And then we're trying to capture that content. And, and we've seen that we're getting at least one lead a day uh, over the past few weeks, which means it's another 100, 365 leads a year for our mm-hmm. sales organization to follow up on. So, you know, to, the fact that it's public, it's a good platform. Uh, a very key part of uh, being being so successful with the traffic is again our partnership with marketing. They have C- SEO experts, and so while we were setting up uh, the taxonomy of the website, uh, certain nuances like uh, you know you can't have capital letters and URLs. So we had to mm. you know we had to design our entire deployment to take that into consideration, and having them give us these insights to help shape the way that we manage uh, the maintenance and update of this web portal or created, managed, and and updated has been a significant uh, enabler for us uh, to become uh, such a a central uh, hub and and obtain all of that that traffic. Fantastic. So how often do you update your documentation, Rick? Uh, I don't want to say unfortunately, but constantly. <laughs> you know, we're we're not we're not automated into the sense that we could be, and I know that we we could if we invested the time. But uh, you know, there's always a lot of things to do, and there's different priorities. So you know, it depends. I mean, our methods are changing. Also, our policies for for tracking bugs, for example. Well, one, once upon a time, we would track every single bug in one way. Now there's certain bugs that they come in, formatting bugs, you know, simple mis- uh, spellings or things that we don't need to verify and confirm and get tested, uh, we update on the fly. So that might lead to us doing an update once or twice a day. I mean, it's not the entire website. We update per bundle or per document still. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the model. And uh, and then because the, the portal itself is evolving, we're constantly doing work on it. We, we've just added, for example, uh, support for uh, for uh, Swagger JSON and, and YAML files, where 
Uh, we basically get the Swagger file from our development organization. We, we upload it to the doc site, and then it's rendered uh, in a, in a standard industry standard format for Swagger where you can go in, you can expand and contract and see the details. And if you're a customer, you can also uh, conduct, uh, you know, try it out, the functionality. You can put in your API key and password. And and test out the test out the, the the API via the Swagger. So you know there's there's always work going on right now. It's it's a growing, it's a, a growing living living at It's a living document. Fantastic, great, great. So let's move on to a rapid fire round now. So who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career? Yeah, you know that uh, I was I've been thinking about that. Uh, you know I've I've learned so much from so many people. Uh, there's a gentleman actually that I was uh, one of my my first official technical writing job, even though I'd call it more of more editing than technical writing. His name is uh, Rohan, uh, and uh, he he I mean he was a great guy, and he just kind of showed me the ropes. Uh, I think it was more about again relationships. The way that he managed relationships uh, was fabulous. He's such a great guy, Rohan Saxena. Uh, but separately from that, I want to also give credit. There's uh, there's uh, a very talented, smart lady uh, in Israel that uh, she has a company. She manages and organizes the central conference every year here. Her name is Paula Stern, uh, and you know she's right now she's set up uh, TechCom. We're now part of the TechCom organization. It's a professional uh, association for technical writers, and these conferences, you know, just the relationships that I build there, the people that I meet, uh, you know. The, the sessions, you know, sometimes some years are better and some years are a little bit less, but she's the facilitator for all of that. And I think she deserves a lot of credit for that. So, Fantastic. That's an, I know it's a, it's a, yours is a very long journey as well, isn't it? So it could be difficult to point just one or two people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so can you share a documentation related resource you have recently consumed, please? Oh, that's uh I mean, I'd say the conference is really my main one. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm more into managing and building infrastructure these days as opposed to uh, the nuts and bolts of writing and getting content ready. Um, so I don't need references nearly as much. And that, it's probably a bad thing. I probably should consult on more things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, have, uh, we have our resource in Israel. Again, it's uh, TechShort. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's like a user group for all the technical writers in Israel or TechCom. Uh, that same organization that I told you about, we've got a WhatsApp group, uh, which is very convenient. Uh, so, we, you know, we can ask questions there. We, we, hold, we hold conferences every few months we get together. Uh, there's another group also that's, that's running in Israel now, Write the Docs, uh, and they were meeting yeah. in offices up until now. And, yeah, and so they're great. And they were, you know, I went to a session on theirs on APIs, which is, you know, the, all, the, all the rage right now. I'm actually doing a, a, another uh, a user group with Zoomin, who's the vendor of our portal, to talk about our our swagger implementation uh, next week. So, uh, and so it all kind of, you know, comes together the right to docs we had on the APIs and we implemented swagger and it's really hot subject right now. So quite a lot of resources out there. I'd say more of the, I think the, the groups, you know, you have, uh, there's wisdom in numbers. So. Fantastic. Great. So what is that one piece of documentation related advice you would give to your 20 year old self? Uh, just learn. Uh, maybe, and this is what somebody had told me, again, that same friend way back when, he said, try to find a specialty. And, and you don't necessarily need to be to have a specialty, uh, although it's, it's, you know, it's benefited me, right? I started to focus on cybersecurity. I mean, it was first networking, and then I moved to cybersecurity. 
you know, with the hacking course. And it's, I think it's what got me my foot in the door in Imperva, where I've been for the past 12 years. And, and by having the knowledge and being able to talk the talk and being able to understand how things are going and understand what's needing, it helps you understand how to explain it, right? So uh, find, uh, find, some, find some type of specialty, you know, and, uh, and also try to push beyond your boundaries. I mean, it's not just uh, finding a specialty, but it's, um, you know, not just, for example, there's, I guess it depends on what you're looking for, but there's a lot of companies out there that need more than just a technical writer. They need, you know, maybe some Marcom or they need some, somebody to drive projects for them, you know, so always try to find a way to put that added value in there. That's always uh, a good idea. Fantastic. So, Rick, that's a lot of information for our audience to take home. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I apologize for that. Of time. Yeah, no, no, it's all very useful. And uh, you have of, um, knowingly or unknowingly given lots of tips that uh, the, you, the audience can take from. Is there anything else you would like to add before we close this uh, podcast? Uh, no, you know, I mean, just, you know, I know it's not an easy time in the world, right? We're in unprecedented times and, and there's a lot of change and disruption. Uh, it will pass. The world is going to change. Uh, from my work, uh, my work methods are changing. I think right now for the better, it's, it's managed to be more productive by not having to go to the office. But you, that's, I mean, that's really just the nature of everything that we're going to encounter. You know, you need to change and don't stay stuck in your ways. You know, look for a way to, you know, help move forward. And, and you know, I mean, that's that's really it. That's how you stay relevant, you know, be yeah. part of the conversation. Well said. So we all we need now is uh, high positive vibes and uh, stay calm and uh, just yeah. what you're told. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, listen. It's it's you know it's they have all these uh, you know end of end of the world movies. I don't think it's that bad. Obviously, it's you know it's not good. A lot of people are sick and people are dying, but it's not as as bad as it could be. And you know we just have to push our way through it and everybody deal with it uh, the best they can. You know, hug your loved ones and. And, you know, don't let it break you otherwise. Stay in the routine and keep working. And, you know, it's 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 a good time to be productive, uh, you know, because it's really, there's nothing else to do sitting in the house. Yeah, so, spend yeah. more time with the family. <laughs> that's true, too. I, well, that's, that's the wonderful thing is you can be productive and work and be and you're with your family, uh, you know, all the time in any case. So it's really, yeah. that's, that's kind of a special time about it, you know. True, true. Super. So thank you, Rick, for sharing your unique experience and your journey. So it's been really wonderful talking to you today. And uh, take care and uh, keep safe. Thank you very much, Gallery, for the uh, for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. I think it's a, it's, it's a great initiative and, and I, think, uh, I think there's a lot of value in it. So uh, thank you very much. Take care and be healthy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.